This episode of Harmonious Gentlemen is brought to you by Blind Man Brewing, makers of craft beer in central Alberta. Say hi to Hans and tell him he should listen to the podcast. Harmonious Gentlemen. If podcast episodes were Starbucks sizes, we'd be a venti. This is episode 20. <laughs> and nice. it's kind of awesome like that. that we made it this far. Graham was saying earlier, I didn't think we'd make it to 20. I didn't. I thought like seven or eight would be a good number. A good little catalog, mm-hmm. throw it on a CD. Yeah. CD. Who uses CDs? <laughs> Podcast <laughs> listeners. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 20 feels really good. Yeah. It's Peter kind of the threshold. Of them, so there you yeah, go. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 20 apparently is the threshold that if you can make it to, you're going to be successful as podcasters. Right. Wow. And I think this is just the beginning. Nice. Like, I think we're... We're just... The wheels yeah. are just starting to turn. Just starting. Yeah. We're going to have that one controversial episode coming up pretty soon here, and it's just going to go nuts. I'll yeah. be the cause of that. I'll that's why you're here. <laughs> yeah, that's yes. why we keep inviting <laughs> so far, you. you, haven't, you haven't he doesn't that. know what the topic is, but he's ready to be controversial. <laughs> uh, we're going to start. I think we got quite a lot of feedback uh, from the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, there were some conversations we had in, in person. We got a number of emails, and we will try to address some of the, the questions we had from those. We actually just got one today, too, um, that maybe I'll actually read yeah, They out. are rolling in. Yeah, yeah. The social media you know, is hot. <laughs> um, so this is from Hunter. He says, one of the best podcasts around. I love hearing the opinions of the teachers that have taught me. I also enjoy the jingles and high production quality. Oh, nice. Good job, hey. He has an interesting topic that I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts on, and that is the state of homelessness and drug use in Red Deer. Okay. Wow. So pretty specific, but yeah. could be really, really cool. Yeah. Um, have a good day it's and keep up suggestion. the good work. And then he actually sent another email two minutes later. Okay. It said... You shouldn't have said that it was from the same person. You should <laughs> yeah. just say... Well, it says, that was Hunter, your favorite student, oh. <laughs> by the way. Just to clarify. Thanks, so, Hunter. Yeah, it's thanks, Hunter, Hunter, for the... It's email. cool to have a nice compliment, but also a really good idea to talk about. Yeah. And it that can be difficult sometimes to think of new ideas. So, yeah. yeah. So we're going to save the other emails for later because we want to respond to them and have conversations based on them. Because if you weren't here last time, you would know that you wouldn't know that this is part two of our conversation on political correctness. Uh, we just did not have enough time last time at Phil's diner to get wrapped up. So Peter demanded that we do part two. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That's and I think that we, that we refer to it as just correctness. That's right. Though I thought we were talking about president's choice this <laughs> right. time around. So, it's, uh... so we'll start with some recommendations and then we'll jump into those, those emails that we have some conversations we want to talk about. And uh, I think it's going to be a really good 20th episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe our best 20th episode our, ever. I just hope we get 20 listens on our 20th episode. <laughs> Very good chance of that. <laughs> okay, let's take a sec. All right, this is our first recommendation of the new year. I'm looking for fresh ideas from all of you. I'm looking to have media running through my home, drinks maybe, food. And we're going to start with my, my favorite member of the podcast, Chris. <laughs> oh, I was ready to go. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to recommend a product. It is a deck of playing cards from a company called 
Uh, hang on a sec. <laughs> Gentleman's Hardware. This is a waterproof deck of cards that is beautifully crafted, and each one has a survival hint. Let me just show you guys one of those. So uh, the four of heart, uh, four of spades is about coconuts, for example, and it tells you that coconuts, light brown in color, are safe to drink and eat, but don't have more than four a day. I don't know. Each, I always thought it was three, but is it? This says four. It says four. Anyway, the cards look really great. They're very durable. They come in a stylish yeah. case. This and one, uh, cool. Chris cool. handed me one, the four of diamonds, and it shows how you do a two half hitches knot. There's a diagram yeah. how to actually perform the knot yourself. What if uh, playing cards is against your religion? Like, <laughs> then you just say you're in it for the survival tips. Oh, okay, there we go. Or go fish. Is I'm already really slow at like taking my turns in card games. Yeah, yeah. Just gonna make we had like an hour long game of crib last night, Avery and I. <laughs> All right. So uh, check out uh, the gentleman's hardware playing cards. Honestly, looking at that, I, I want one right now. It yeah. looks yeah. awesome. That's nice. Good name. Yeah. Um, Mr. Peter. My recommendation is a movie, um, Little Women. I saw that over Christmas break with my mom, and really, really good movie. Uh, Greta Gerwig directed it with uh, Timothy Chalamet and Emma Watson and a bunch of other really good actors. And yeah, I was really impressed with it. Uh, but it's it's I I'm not I wasn't sure if I was looking forward to it though because there've been so many film adaptations of that book that I'm like, do we really right. need another? But yeah. we did. Yeah, we did. It was really well done. And sometimes I think for movies like that, do I need to go to the theater? Like will the big screen add to it? What did you think about seeing it in the theater? I, it was such a beautiful movie that I would recommend mm. like a lot of beautiful scenery. Um, and the, the musical score was phenomenal. Like uh, to hear that yeah. on the, the speakers in a theater is, mm. Really nice. quite good. Awesome. I was thinking about it, but now I, I want to do it more. Yeah, cool. I'm going to recommend um, a book that I read, and it is so good. So I'm back into true crime again. <laughs> I'm back in. I read this book, Peter, all the way cover through. Cover to cover. I promise you. Are you, you sure? <laughs> I could tell you the whole thing. It's called Killers of the Flower Moon. Wow. And it is about um, an insane story in the uh, 19-teens and 20s. The Osage um, First Nation sort of tribe was moved onto land, sort of moved around off of their homeland, and then they happened to be moved to a land that was very rich in oil. So they basically became the richest per capita group of people in the entire world for mm. a period of time. Mm. Just They all became immensely wealthy. Sorry, what part of the world is this? In the States. It was in, uh, oh shoot, I should know. I forget what state it took place in. I'm sorry. He didn't read it. <laughs> but then, you read the, then the whole thing turns into a crazy like they're basically systematically manipulated and murdered for their money it's the mm. craziest story i've ever read mm. like, true, like true crime it's all true mm. um and it's also the birth of the fbi so it's j edgar hoover's very first case was this case to try and like put his mark on what the fbi would become and what's the case like solving who's Trying killing these who's, people who's behind it all who's the Whoa. mastermind and and it's it read like a movie, and the whole time I kept I told Heidi probably a dozen times this has to be a movie, and then I was listening to a podcast two days ago with uh, Leo DiCaprio on Mark Maron's podcast, and he talked about how he has the rights, and they're making a script directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Robert De Niro, and they're making Killers of the Flower Moon like right now. So what? Oh, perfect. Yeah. So it's gonna be. So I'd read the book right now before the movie comes out because it's so good. But I'm ecstatic that Martin Scorsese is gonna be making this movie. I just mm. can't believe it. So. Though you have a couple years realistic. You got to get some time. Yeah, yeah, sure. so. 
but uh, especially for you to finish. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but it's got my highest recommendation for book. Uh, yeah, Killers of the Flower Moon. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I'm going to recommend a podcast, even though it's like our direct competition. Oh boy! But um, and direct, direct? <laughs> CBC and- Radio. Is yeah. <laughs> no, it's called the Anthropocene Reviewed, and it's uh, John Green. He's a renowned author. He wrote Fault in Our Stars. He creates YouTube content. Writes a lot of really good screenwriter books. Yeah. Um, but this podcast, he just reviews, um, just different kind of random things that have happened in human history or even just objects in, in our society. And, but each review is basically a story um, that's either really interesting or really heartfelt or funny. And the Anthropocene is the era or epoch we're in currently? Or what is it? I think it's like the human epoch. Yeah, okay. Right, so it's like he's reviewing all human-related things. Right. So there might be an episode that's like hot dog eating contests and cancer. He'll, he'll review those two things. Hmm. Um, I, but, I well, I know what I'm doing scratch, today, tomorrow, all day, Saturday, probably. Scratch and Sniff Stickers and right. the Indianapolis 500. That's the title. Right. And the title is huh. not necessarily a hint as to what the story is about. Like, the stories are amazing. It's great storytelling. Short yeah. episodes. Hmm. Yeah. So check it out. I'm hooked. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. You'll love it. We've just listened to three or four, yeah. and, and we just love it. I've tested this recommendation out just through word of mouth, and I've had really positive feedback. Nice. Most people like it. So. Do you ever recommend our podcast? I do all the <laughs> okay. time. Just wondering what, what your group of people. And are I actually have a bonus, to. a bonus recommendation. We just gotta give an sh- extra shout out to um, Blind Man. Yeah. Um, especially right now, I'm loving their Five of Diamonds Pilsner. It's uh, named after a local uh, fishing lure yeah. manufacturer in the world Lentop. famous fishing world lure. famous. Yeah. Yeah. The Five of Diamonds. So if you ever see it, you it's really try. good. And the can looks like a lure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can't you cut the can up and like create the lure yourself? I think someone has done that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's delicious. Thank you, Blind Man, for yeah. being our best and only sponsor for years. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason we got to 20 is because of Blind Man. Yeah. It's true. That is true. Yeah. yeah. Because I would never record if I hadn't had a few Pilsners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We we probably shouldn't tell people our secret for, yeah. <laughs> secret for the lively discussion. It's so we've got Anthropocene reviewed the podcast. We've got Blind Man Five of Diamonds. We've got uh, Little Women film. We've got Killers of the Flower Moon book. Is that what it's called? Did I get the name of that movie right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The movie. And what the brand of cards again? The Gentleman's Hardware Survival Playing Cards. Hmm. Good stuff. All right, let's talk about something else. Okay, so we're going to start the next segment by reading an email from one of our great listeners, and we are going to respond to that email. All right, as we've mentioned, we've had lots of feedback on the previous episode. And we're going to try to respond to some of that feedback. We had a loyal listener. His name is Andy. He wrote us another beautiful email. Um, Well-crafted. Queen's English. This one was a little more... I think he's getting some confidence and he's he's comfortable with us. And he's 
able to correct us and yeah. try to um, direct us a little bit. He he called us out on a couple of errors that we made. Um, we're not going to necessarily address all of those, but he called me out um, specifically for something I said about correcting um, some students who would say retard. And I, I said, you can't say retard. And I corrected them by giving them the word dumb. So yeah. I used the word dumb. Yeah. And Andy said, well, if you can't say retard, then you can't say dumb either. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And my initial reaction to that was, come on, Andy. Like, what can I say then? <laughs> like, you got your back like, up. Is there, is there nothing I can say? <laughs> Perfect. Right? Which, yeah. Well, I guess I can't like say I was, anything. I was pretty defensive about it. Yeah. And I was... But then I realized that's the attitude, the exact attitude that I was trying yeah. to criticize in the previous episode. Sure. People who are protecting their language and, and not willing to change it. So, And he's referring to the fact that the term dumb meant at one time, maybe still does in some circles, people who can't speak. Right. And I hadn't heard that a lot. So um, when he said that in the email, I was like, this is kind of coming out of nowhere. I didn't know that. Well, I knew what that... When he said it, I knew it, but I hadn't mm. been corrected in that way before. Yeah. So my reaction was pretty, really defensive, but that didn't last too long because I was aware, like that's the attitude that I'm, I don't really like. But now I, I kind of went on a journey, like a five minute journey. Oh. I was like, you quit the podcast for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I said, now I have empathy for those, those people that I was, um, or like that reaction, I guess, that I was criticizing. Yeah. But I can see what that feels like now to be corrected and be... Or be reminded maybe because you probably were corrected as a kid for what well, the term retard maybe. For retard, right. So, but now this is a new oh, experience, okay. right? Yeah. With dumb. It's like, yeah. oh, another one, right? So I have empathy for people who maybe haven't been uh, corrected on th- something like retard even yeah. as much as I have, right? Yeah. Um. And then I've had conversations even with like my wife and she said she could never say dumb growing up. So now I've got this other reinforcing thing like, oh, okay, maybe dumb is insensitive. Um, and maybe I should think about the way I use that word. So now I'm at the point where I'm okay with not using that word. But I guess in response to Andy, I have not been corrected on that word enough for me to really change my behavior. Like I know it's, It'll it'll slip out. out. You're aware of it, but right, I'm aware of it, and I'm open to changing my my behavior. Um, but there wasn't this sort of like social or cultural sort of molding right. or pushing like there was with the word retard. Right, and that would or be my, would that was my defensive reaction. Was years no one's ago told that me that. Don't right. remember or yeah. know. About. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. So if there's enough like reinforcement of that, like I'm totally willing to to change my behavior, and I will try. But it was interesting for me just to go on that journey of like initially really defensive and then realize like, oh, is it possible that certain terms fall out of um, or not fall out of, but no longer are offensive because it's kind of like collectively we've forgotten what that word was associated with? That's that's, I was thinking about that just now. Mm -hmm. Our our like social memory or societal memory fades. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think maybe the deeper question, though, is are we using words with intention? So like, are we just saying words because that's what we're used to? Or do we actually think about what we say? And do we actually know what the words mean of the words that we use? And 
Yeah. So what would be some replacement words, Tyler, that you could say instead of, oh, that's dumb? You know, it's funny. Well, I was thinking lame, but then I'm pretty sure <laughs> well, that's, it's exactly yeah, that's the same the thing. Same yeah, because yeah. yeah, I said that to Tyler right. last week when we were talking about it, and I had that exact, like, ooh, accidentally. That's the same and thing. And that would be the same one. Like, that one hasn't been, hasn't had the same pushback societally right. recently, right? So you just kind of forget that what the... I love, is. like, saying really feels good. That's my word. That really no, they, offends the like fertilizer industry. Look at dairy farmers. They do make a book called a thesaurus where it gives you. Oh, that's why you're here, Peter. Yeah. <laughs> just, just remind you that there are resources out there to. Well, is okay. I have an honest question. Like, is does stupid have a like a connotation or a connection? Yeah, I mean, to, like right now, I'm thinking it probably does, but if it does, I don't know what it is. I I don't know what it is either. Though that word, I was like, that was not, one I, I wasn't, wasn't allowed to say. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to say yeah. that. Either, I was allowed so. to say dumb. I feel like unless I just forgot. Yeah. Sorry, mom, but I remember not being allowed to say stupid. Well, maybe it was like, don't call your sister stupid. But could you say that thing that. is stupid or that? No, it was stupid. Was a bad word. Yeah, and dumb was from more didn't seem like acceptable. it was. I think I found my, I just looked it up here. I think my favorite is obtuse. I think we should start using That's that. That's so obtuse. That's obtuse. so Shawshank Redemption-y. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's why I love it. Thoughtless, silly, senseless, foolish. Yeah. Foolish. Simple-minded. But see, that doesn't but, sound all but that simple. Anyway. This test is foolish. Like, yeah. Well, we've been reading. Hackneyed. Like even like older oh, children's books to our, to our kids. And oh, it's a pretty like well well known author. We were just talking about it today, but he uses the the word dumb quite a bit. And uh, Krista, like my wife, she, she'll substitute silly when you said silly. It just reminded me oh, of that. Really? Like she'll, but I have never done that. Like for our kids, just because it's not. You didn't think of it as a bad word. That. Like I need to learn that and practice it. Yeah, C.S. Lewis often uses uh, jackass in his Chronicles of Narnia books. Mm. And when I was a kid, my my parents would uh, um, automatically tell me replace that with donkey. It's bad to to use that word. And it's like so you could call somebody a donkey, but not a yeah. jackass. <laughs> <laughs> guys, a donkey. I wonder if um, Andy uh, was like offended or just pointing out. I think he was pointing out yeah. just the yeah. But like I'm just curious, hypocrisy yeah. a little yeah. bit, right? Like, but. or maybe yeah, the iron. Like, oh, this is kind of funny. Like, you think you're calling yeah. somebody out, and you're giving them a. Yeah. Yeah. It's so dumb to use that word, you know. Right. Yeah, because I think you could listen back, but I'm pretty sure I say like I might even have said, "Don't, Don't. call your dumb friend a retard." Right. So there's some irony in that sentence, yeah. right? Like, if both terms. Oh, That's the title man. of this episode, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> nice. We never know what the titles are until they're no, published, so yeah. that's it's true. It's a nice spoiler. Uh, thank you again for the email, though, and thanks Tyler for sharing that. Yeah, no, it was it was fun. Yeah, it was it was a it was a great email. He made some other points too, just correcting some things, and we always appreciate that too. Yeah. Like I, he did agree with us on one thing. Yeah, yes, and, he did, and that was that like Peter is a snob about everything. <laughs> Does Peter know that that was that that was part of the email? Yeah, I, I saw that part of the email, but okay. I'm just going to let that slide. I oh, actually okay. forgot that was in there until you just reminded me. <laughs> yeah. So, Well, we're going to take a break and let Peter calm down here. <laughs> yeah. uh, 
uh, we had another wonderful email from listener Paul. Uh, thanks for the email, Paul. He said a lot of good things. He agreed with a lot. Um, he talked about a great segment on a Seth Meyers show called Jokes Seth Can't Tell. YouTube that. But he did say one thing that I want to talk about with a gentleman. He said, one thing I wanted to ask is if you could discuss how you would handle a particular situation I'm sure we've all been in. The racist joke. You're in a group mm-hmm. and someone starts to tell a joke and you know where it's going. And what do you do? Peter, what do you think? In <laughs> uh, an even funnier situation is if uh, somebody's telling a gay joke and they don't know that you're gay, but everybody else in the group does and nobody knows how to respond. So it's There's a, a lot of nervous laughter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. My nervous laughter really comes out that, at that moment. And, and sadly, though, with a lot of those, I usually respond with, like, that's hilarious, even though I'm sickened. And how would you say it? Like, that's hilarious? Like, well, really sarcastically? Not, or? Not, not really sarcastically, almost monotone. Oh, like, okay. It's uh, like, there's not a whole lot of... So the teller would maybe not know that you're being... Yeah, like, like that, that's like judgmental, only, quote unquote. Yeah, like that's the only response that I that's think hilarious. of at the... Even, even if it's... Uh, yeah, something that's highly offensive. If you're not going to call them out, you you got to do something. Yeah, right. right. You got to show some sort of reaction. Yeah, so you're straight, hilarious. no smile, but yeah. that's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I'll show a little vulnerability here. I've listened to things maybe on Netflix, a comedy special where a off-color joke is told, and I find myself like, like I'll laugh at it, or my reaction will be, "There's something about that that I thought should I not be admitting this?" Like, have we no. never laughed at a? Taste I feel like that's a different joke. context than what, what Paul is asking about. A little is it? Bit. Okay. I, th- I think a comedian space is a different space than with your friends. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I don't, I don't know. Um, well, it depends on, like, I think often, like, when there's, like, um, like, gay humor, I think I often just hope that somebody else will respond. And I think sometimes in those situations, like, with racist jokes, um, if nobody responds in the appropriate way everybody's just waiting for somebody to respond and then they just kind of wait for it well usually the racist joke is told without that race there yeah right so there's not really like that's why your scenario is funnier because there is some like (laughs) if there's a gay joke and there is a gay person there but the person the teller doesn't know it Right. right like that is extra awkward Right. Oh, but man, usually no like with a racist joke, they know their their audience, at least by their skin color. Right. And they're mm. well, that feels more mean spirited. That, right. That feels more nefarious. To like me. they're not going to tell a like a, a racist joke. Like They can turn that part of themselves off when they're around. Right. But I agree with Peter. Like when you said the response is that's hilarious. Like that's probably like, <laughs> I like honestly that a lot. <laughs> I think I say that's funny. That's funny. But like I'm yeah. I usually try to. I don't laugh out loud, right? Like it's, it's kind of like a half measure. It's like, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll acknowledge that that had some humor. Like, yeah. you, like Graham, you mentioned like the comedic realm, like there is some humor there, right. but I'm not going to laugh out loud. So I'll like, but I Peter, when you do oh it, boy. is the purpose like, if he really knew what I thought, it's me being condescending. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm nervous about what I will say sometimes yeah. because yeah. like I um, like if I don't filter my thoughts, it could be really bad. So I just get a little <laughs> nervous <Yeah>. about that. <laughs> um, 
I'm always yeah. really good at thinking of things to say the next day. Like I'm going to be mm. right. Like 12 hours later, it's like, oh, I should have said that. That would have been awesome. I have a really hard time in the moment not being either sarcastic or passive aggressive. I have a really hard time just responding in, in kind and honestly, I can't, it's hard. I'm wondering if there's like, um, you know how some people are passionate about different things. Is there also like the opposite of that where it's, um, like a racist joke might offend me more than a sexist joke or like for some people it's a gay joke that would really offend them. Another person, should we be equally as offended by all those things or some of those things don't really bug us and others do. I think so much of it comes down to the the spirit of the joke itself. Like I just feel like Tyler, your example was perfect. Like if you're going to make a racist joke to your friend Mm -hmm. who is maybe of the race you're joking about, Hopefully the relationship is such that they know it is not mean spirited. Like it is a joke right. amongst friends that have an understanding. Maybe a same with maybe a, a, a gay person and his friend. Like when I called you. Why why are you looking at me <laughs> yeah. right, right now? <laughs> well, like, but but what I'm saying is it's so different if it's a group of people who and that race mm-hmm. is not represented there. There's a whole different context there to me. That right. Feels very different. On episode 19, we talked about the language that certain groups will use to either identify or include each other in their own yeah discussions is the, it is the humor kind of does it sort of fit that too that it like it's okay to tell those jokes if you're part of that culture like i'm dutch I so. can i tell dutch racist yeah. jokes Bordekoek sucks hey wait what <laughs> that's just offensive <laughs> well that's just wrong it's it's just wrong. wrong. But i'm sorry i think i was gonna this wasn't somebody uh, who was joking but i was in a, uh, a scenario a little while back tyler was there with some friends and someone said something that I thought was fairly offensive and I reacted in a way that I kind of regret now. Like I was trying to be, um, it probably came across as self-righteous or something to that Well, it wasn't really a joke. It was was a a comment. Like like it was like an assumption about a race. But I still think what Paul asked is is similar. similar I wanted to sort of call it out. I wanted to say, hey, this is not, that's not right. I just had a really hard time keeping a really cool head and a respectful I wasn't too harmonious, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, and I think his question makes me really think about it. Could I, is it possible if someone's telling a racist joke um, that's mean spirited to, to, to respond in a, in a righteous, harmonious, right. respectful way? Yeah. Well, I think, I think the question to ask is the other people that are present. If you don't address that joke at that moment, is that going uh, to affect the other people that are there in a negative way? Or could you address that joke after the fact, like a day later, send an email or talk to that person? Like, like sometimes delaying the conversation is even better than addressing at the moment. I, I think of that like as a teacher, how I would approach a student who would say something inappropriate in class. I could choose to embarrass him in front of the class and the rest of the, I, that would get the rest of the kids on my side or they'd kind of know it, but it would really damage the relationship with him. Mm-hmm. What would really work is taking him aside later and saying, hey, I heard what you said and mm-hmm. um, let's talk about that a little bit. And I wonder in a social setting, mm-hmm. like that would be more genuine on, a, on your own part, I think, to say boy, like you said something that sort of surprised me that seems out of character for you. Is I did say 12 hours later, you usually have a clearer head. So there you go. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, and it, like for me, it depends. Like if, if somebody is uh, making like uh, um, anti-gay comments and I know that there's like another gay person there present, I will address 
mm. the comments there because there's the potential for harm if the comments are more not likely addressed. than if it's just you. Yeah. Because you can handle it, kind of. Or? or well, I I know what I'm thinking. Yeah. Right. And so is a is a gay joke an anti-gay comment? It depends. Yeah. Yeah, and it depends on how well you know the person too. And yeah. Yeah. What about Paul saying he had a man crush on all of us? Yeah. Hmm. Is that is that acceptable, Paul? That's more is that than acceptable. acceptable. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Paul. <laughs> it's a natural break. Sure. Opportunity. Uh, earlier today, I was talking with my son. He was asking me what I was doing tonight. Of course, we're recording a podcast. Wondered what the topic was. Political correctness. He wondered how we defined that. So we talked about that a little bit, but he wondered if um, we started by talking about gender pronouns and how um, if you were having a discussion with somebody, um, like, are you entitled or expected to use what is asked of you, even if you don't agree with it? So anyway, the conversation basically became, do you have to agree with everything somebody says or identifies with or... Um, agrees with in order to accept them so do you have to agree it does agreement equal acceptance my argument was i can accept people well i maybe i won't tell you what my argument is but i just wondered where uh you can we be harmonious in a way that um allows us to talk about things before we get to a place of agreement or does that have to come first i I just wondered what you guys thought i had a really similar conversation today it's funny like where, um, yeah, almost exactly the same conversation. Like if someone, if you were to say hello to someone or like refer to someone by the wrong pronoun and they correct you mm-hmm. and you disagree with, like you don't think that that is legit yeah. or whatever your belief is, should you, like, are you still expected to refer to them that way? Yeah. Yeah, it's, and... You didn't say what you think, but I'll say what I think. I think you should still, even if it doesn't matter what you believe, you should still respect them. Like lean, lean towards respect what they want. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you think about what they think. They think it right. So they, or they believe it or they. So I guess that's where we started in our conversation, but it came to a point of no matter what the idea is, are we all ending up fragmenting ourselves into these camps where I can only associate or talk to people who already agree with everything I agree with. And I can't even have conversations with people when, when there's disagreement or differing opinions, even the example I thought of was like the Christian church which started as one group of people following one person's ideas. And over 2,000 years, how many denominations are there, Peter? I'm guessing thousands. There's six? <laughs> <laughs> like, who all claim they're disciples of the same person. There's just the Christian Reformed Church and <laughs> that's another. <laughs> Good answer. But, you know, like, the, we can keep kind of pushing ourselves to the margins where we just don't even... 
we only talk to the people we already agree with everything they think. And we end up in places where how can you talk about anything? Because the only thing there is to talk about are things you already believe about each other. I, I wonder if the way we should approach this is almost a way that we would approach if we went to another country where there's a completely different culture. Um, like most people who are good at traveling know uh, how to, or try at least to respect that other culture that they are traveling to and uh, try to understand it and they're not pushing back on it. Um, I wonder if we should be doing the same thing with uh, people that we encounter on a on a daily basis where we uh, don't try to push back, but we try to understand mm-hmm. first. Um, like where curiosity kind of trumps yeah. judgment or... Yeah, like I, like when I read uh, like books, academic books of different opinions, I'm uh, usually just reading them out of curiosity first and just trying to understand how they think. I'm not really trying to form formulate my arguments right off the bat. That's not really fair to the, right. the person. So am I an alarmist? Like, are people are we not as fractured as I think we are? Are people in general able to? discuss all kinds of things without getting their hackles up or if if people don't get outside of their echo chambers i think we're quite fractured like well that's what i'm wondering is that is that where everybody's retreated to well i think social media is contributing to that yeah i don't think that's the way everyone everyone is or the way it has to be or the way no i don't think it's the way it has to be but i think social media is that way but but echo chambers are becoming more powerful and more pervasive Mm -hmm. And more of a reality for more people than any time before. And right. I'm, I'm yeah. always impressed when I see somebody respond to a situation on social media. And it's totally different than how they would respond in real life. Like on social media, it's, it's uh, often harsh and volatile language. And in real life, there's gentleness and compassion. And it's just like, why is there that stark difference and that that shows you that there's something wrong there. And I think social media, uh, a big part of the equation is um, the reaction you're going to get from other people, right? When you're one-on-one, you're not going to get this crowd of cheering people behind you. Mm -hmm. Whereas on Twitter, you're getting your likes and you're getting your, you know what I mean? And, and, and you're getting that. Yeah. But, but I wonder if that's forming because so much time is spent on social media that's starting to form the way that we actually interact in person. Hmm. I'm worried that hmm. that's possible yeah. or that it's happening. You, you know what we should just do is uh, do what I did and just get rid of the internet out of your house. Like it's yeah. like one of the most wonderful yeah. things. I well, get, we've, we've talked about getting rid of Twitter, Tyler and I, and, and, yeah. and it, it, it has had a positive effect on, on me for sure. Um, mm-hmm. It's really easy to get hooked on that stuff. And what what Negative. you should You're what you should do is instead of getting your news from Twitter, just get like a paper copy of the New York Times, like I do, and yeah. just be real old school. Yeah, real hipster. You can get a paper <laughs> copy of the New York Times in Red Deer. Yeah, though it's only it like fifty dollars. It's a week. only the the Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the Sunday edition, and it comes the day Sunday after two thousand eighteen. <laughs> we get the we get the weekend Globe and Mail paper, just the weekend one, and the guy drops it off at like twelve thirty Saturday night. And if I'm up, it, it scares me every time. I hear like someone on my front porch. I'm like, "What's gonna get the baseball bat?" And I freak out. But so no, oh, I don't know just... what. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Chris, you were talking about um, like, can you disagree with something with someone else, but then still 
try to continue a relationship with them or yeah. still like I feel like family is the proving ground for that. I feel like you right. have no choice but to have those people in your life. And that's where we really test ourselves mm. in terms of I mean, I disagree with my parents on topics for sure, or aunts and uncles. But I have no choice but to try and be as civil as possible. Right? And that's yeah, that's the context that I that I well, like, I guess it's like practice almost. It's like, yeah. And maybe I'm asking this that like, can't society, do, like, I feel like I easily can do this. Yeah, I yeah, easily yeah. can separate I love people in my family. an opinion yeah. from who a person is. That That isn't right. even a hard thing. Yeah. But it seems to be a hard thing in society. There is a book that I do recommend, though it's an old book. It's uh, Uncommon Decency by Richard Mao. It came out in 1992. What's his name? Sorry, Richard. Uh, Richard Mao. He's a. Uh, a Christian ethicist who uh, was the president of Fuller Seminary for quite a few years, uh, but it's a it's a really good book on just how to um, have uh, like respect in your conversations yeah. with other people. Uncommon decency. It, it's hard to get though. It's been out print for quite a while, but I'm sure you can hmm. get on Amazon. Do you own it? I do own it, <laughs> and you don't share your. So bonus you could or... you could you could borrow the book from <laughs> uh-huh. me. No, just order it on Amazon. <laughs> but it, it's kind of like a it's like a skill to me. It's like you right. you 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 practice it. You you practice conversations, and we don't do it as much. I right. Is I that, feel it, like a lot of my conversations, like I'm often like push to a point where I do disagree with the person, but I feel comfortable disagreeing with the person. I feel comfortable being uncomfortable, if that if that makes sense. Like that heightened anxiety that I can sometimes get from conversations, I just find that to be a, a fact of life and I'm fine with it. And it's just um Yeah, I, I just think it's the way that that's how you come to any kind of wisdom or decision making ability is you talk things through with people. And find out what they think, and you there's a back and forth, and and you know what helps with that too is a, a shot of single malt scotch. Oh, that that yeah. often helps. I like with how it. on our twentieth episode, Peter's getting all these extra recommendations. <laughs> Twenty recommendations. Twenty recommendations by Peter. <laughs> All right. During that last segment, I was just sitting back and listening to you guys talk and uh, I couldn't get a word in edgewise, but um, I was thinking we were talking about echo chambers and it made me think about is our podcast, even though we're trying to like uh, model harmonious conversations with people with different views, are we an echo chamber? And then even beyond that is our listenership like the people who listen to us, do they listen to us because they agree with us? Already agree with us. Already agree with us. So they like it because they like it. Or do they like it because they're challenged? My inst- my gut is telling me our listenership is listening to us because they kind of align with us. Hmm. Um, but anyway, so we were talking about kind of echo chambers as being a bad thing. Yeah. Which... Made me think, should we cancel our podcast? Because maybe we're just promoting echo chambers. Our 20th and final episode. (laughs) (laughs) I had a a friend of mine who's a listener uh, who told me a little story where um, this person um, was frustrated with a colleague about, I think, I think one of our topics that we have talked about. Anyway, they shared the podcast with this person 
to try and spur on conversation. And this person, first of all, that just is awesome. It's that, really cool. Yeah. Oh, the story I that was getting all excited. Is I was like, and how does it end? And he's like, well, he hated the podcast. <laughs> he hated that everything about it. Maybe makes it even better. <laughs> and so this person oh. did not agree with much, and uh, and I did not continue to be a listener. So, um, that might yeah. speak to your echo chamber. Yeah. Inquiry. Well, I was thinking like when we first started, we actually had a different title for the podcast where we kind of thought the model might be that if we had three people, we would try to arrive at consensus. So people would come with two different ideas. They'd kind of try to argue and win the third person over to their side. Right. That was going to be our original kind of pitch. Yeah. And then we decided that it would be better to model speaking, you know, instead of trying to convince people, Mm -hmm. model what it's like to talk about things. So... Maybe wow. we're picking things that aren't contentious enough. Well, in the past, in or the previous episode, we talked about social media kind of being like with all the algorithms and like who you follow and like your yeah. your group, like that you end up with the people who think what you think. Right. But then I think that's expanding into our, our lives outside of social media as well. Or at least at least for me, a lot of the people I hang out with generally believe similar things to me but if are the things we're talking about always your opinion or just how you're talking about things i think we are the goal of our podcast is to model how to talk about it yeah because i but, i feel like i don't reveal my opinion a lot necessarily no yeah i agree but maybe it but comes across easy, that way it might be easier because we're coming from a pretty close starting point like yeah. my starting point is similar to yours yeah that's possible it's kind of why I like the emails so so much. Like I just love when they people have things to say that maybe aren't in line with what we've said. I think that's awesome. Like if we could track down that listener who hated us, yeah, we and need get them. them on we as a need guest. them to email us. Yeah, or even, I mean, was this it is, you, Peter? <laughs> yes, it, it definitely was. <laughs> he listened to the one the episode where he wasn't on it, yeah. and it was like I hate those. No, guys. last time he said he was going to, but I wonder if he did. I I've haven't listened to the alien one, so. Yeah. <laughs> but but I think, I one one thing, one of the problems with the echo chamber conversations, though, is people often talk without doing a lot of research on something. Uh, so like normally with these podcasts, we don't do a whole lot of research on stuff. So are we continuing doing the echo chamber because we're just sharing our opinion without? doing research beforehand now that's not a bad thing that's how we always but what if we just went to our echo chamber to do research yeah that is uh yeah like proper research will look at multiple sources and whatnot but people don't do that people always go to one news source you go watch fox news i'll only watch cnn i'll read the new york times (laughs) then we're all just going to our (laughs) echo chambers the 50 dollars for my no it doesn't cost that much I, I tried today to and yesterday to find articles that right. spoke to a frustration with political correctness and hmm. size it. And there that, were none. <laughs> <laughs> no, there were a few for sure. And and there's one and I told you about that. We don't have to get into this right now, guys, but it was all about the coddling of university students. That was the angle hmm. that in those spaces um, they're too safe or they, or they don't offend or they are so scared of offending these, these students that they, you know, you read these anecdotal examples like uh, a law professor complains that they can't teach about rape law 
because that topic would trigger some students. So they're no longer allowed. Like who have been raped? Right, right. So the article was saying these like, these, these examples on. of like not trying to trigger these students um, is not serving them in the long run. Like they are. Though I'm not sure if that's an accurate portrayal of universities. Well, my, my, my point was going to be that he had a few anecdotal examples. It was written very well. I, mm-hmm. I definitely was not convinced of anything and, yeah. I, and I, f- I feel like I agree with you. I don't actually know the culture of these spaces mm-hmm. um, and I don't think he proved that. And, but. and of, like I've only spent time at a couple of universities and so like uh, from like a large pool of universities like like I only have two examples, uh, possibly three. So so that wouldn't be enough to like say that that's an inaccurate Mm-hmm. description of universities but but yeah. from my experience i like that that's the problem with these articles people create like these generalizations right. and what we need are like actual numbers right. like uh how many professors of all the professors out there actually have issues of right uh sharing their their teaching like you can always find the extreme example of anything you want mm-hmm. and yeah but anyway, my point was that I was trying to, and, and I think he had a few good points for sure. Like, I don't think it was completely misguided. Um, I think he was sort of confusing political correctness with a different topic, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right. Cancel culture or, or, or something like that. Like, it didn't seem to be the exact same topic. But um, point being, it's, it can be hard. It can be hard to go and try and expose yourself to points of view that you don't necessarily agree with. Find good accredited sources on the internet. Like it's, or just well, don't use the internet. Most well, of my re- well, yeah. most of my resources I don't use sure. the internet for. Yeah. Like I think that's actually quite helpful. Well, yeah. I started this segment by saying we should cancel the podcast because we're too much of an entertainment. <laughs> but but now I've kind of come around. Like I think oh, you've convinced. I think we can keep it going. Okay. And I think even just like Graham, what you were saying there at the end there, I think the culture or the what we're trying to model is just taking these steps like recognizing that there's another side, right? And and how do we have those conversations even within our own echo chamber about an issue that has another side, right? Like even if all four of us, let's just hypothetically say we all agree on something, right? Like how can we talk about that issue without creating a us versus them mm. or a we are in our echo chamber now so we can say whatever we want while still recognizing there's another another side to this. So I'm back in. Okay. And I I think what's interesting is I've heard stories that each of us have told of how this has caused us to think even in the moment in conversations with other people, maybe a little bit differently about how we would approach what Mm -hmm. maybe before would have been an argument, but instead turned it into a conversation. I think that's kind of cool. It is cool. It only took 20 episodes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's impacted three people. <laughs> who, who, who are the hosts who of the show? <laughs> who knows Wait, so how not, many not more will me then. <laughs> You haven't done enough By episodes. The okay. okay. <laughs> um, more than ever, please email the show. <laughs> I mean, honestly, these were great emails. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was exciting to get more was. than one. It was exciting <laughs> to get one. And, I have to and then to get four was like, oh. man. I often talk with you guys who listen and you'll say things like, oh, I, I've been meaning to email and I'm, I just want to say, yeah, please do it. Please do. It brings us so much joy and and uh, makes us think. So do it. 
Are we done? We're we're getting there. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm feeling like we've really covered this topic. <laughs> well, it was a part two. We've we've threatened some part twos on other topics and I will say in the next few episodes, like twenty onwards, we will revisit some topics. I think we mentioned it earlier that there were some we wish we would keep going and we we should. Maybe yeah. you could email us about the topics that we should right. do a part two yes. on. There Take a look go. back at the old episodes. I have a lot of people talking about the weed episode to me. Really? Yeah. And now that it's it's fully legal and there's stores everywhere, maybe there's a new perspective we can talk about. I don't know. If you uh, want to check out the Harmonious Gentleman marijuana products on our... <laughs> <laughs> We've got a hash pipe. Hashtag. Hashtag, I meant. <laughs> Harmonious Gents. Oh, by the way, email harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. Right, and follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Harmonious Gentlemen and Harmonious Gents. Yep. And we really genuinely want to thank you for listening to the shows. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. To 20 more episodes. Let's keep going. Let's do it. All right. I feel like we should confess um, some some things. Peter, I know you have a lot to confess this week. Like he, we should just give him all four. Am I am I beginning the confession? Is you, <laughs> you got like four Steve. recommendations, so maybe you'll get four <laughs> confessions. We're arriving at the cathartic part of the episode. This is where we confess things to each other and to our many listeners. And since this is our twentieth podcast, I thought I should. Confess 20 things. No, no, no. I have, though, after today. But yeah. this will be the a confession about something I learned But while listening to the 19th episode. I listened to it on my own when it first came out, was posted. Then I listened to it with my wife. And I noticed that I interrupt you guys a lot. So I think when I'm talking, I often show... It's very, very true. <laughs> well, I want to know if you guys are going to confess that you've known this for a long time and it's super annoying. But I, I don't know if you tr- notice, but I very specifically tried not to interrupt anybody once this episode. So I've got to go now when I listen, I got to see if I followed through on that. I know for a fact that I did a few times and, and felt myself doing it a couple of times to you specifically. On I felt purpose. Bad. No, <laughs> but I felt bad right away. Like I, I know, that, I don't know if you guys think, but when you listen back, I, I definitely noticed myself also interrupting. So I don't think it's. Well, and I don't do phenomenon. it. See, I, sorry, I just did it to you. you did it again. <laughs> Please finish your thoughts. See, yeah. what if you don't feel bad about it? Because I did it all the time, but who cares? Yeah. Like, it's well, <laughs> I feel like it's a way, like I'm interested in continuing the yeah. conversation, but I am often cutting people off and I, I don't want to well, do that. I see like, it as thriving conversation. Yeah. Okay. Like it's, uh, There's energy. Yeah. You know, we all listen to conversational podcasts from time to time. And, and I find a lot of them are way worse with talking over each other than we are. I, try, I think we're okay. Thank you. Okay, okay thank you. I just but. feel like I can never say anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I do it to you the most. <laughs> I should have counted. Okay, well, it feels good to at least have had that conversation. Well, I want to listen back to this one now and see. Well, yeah. I intentionally tried to make sure every before I said something, everybody was done their thought. Boy. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> My confession. Um, My confession is... <laughs> <laughs> <no>. <laughs> My wife and I decided, uh, you know, 
it, this is not uh, unique to our family, but when the break, the Christmas break ends, you want to maybe eat better for a while. Maybe you decide to not eat as much junk food. That's what we decided. And my biggest uh, vice is the snacking in the evening, right? You have a big supper, 9.30 rolls around, and you just basically roam the kitchen like a scavenger, just eating everything you can. Cheesies. Right? Everything. Jujubes. Asparagus. Everything. So <laughs> pickled asparagus mm. is my... Well, that's... So my wife and I decided, like, let's not, let's just for, you know, just try. It's not like a New Year's resolution, but just try to no more snacking after supper, uh, except for Fridays. Do a movie or something. But I will confess that a few nights this week, well, I kind of blame her a little bit for buying a giant Costco bag of chips. (laughs) It is her fault. Like the child size, meaning a child could fit in the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Children's Uh, size. um, On a few occasions this week, when she's not around, I run. Does to, she know this room. yet? No. She will now. I Whoa. run to the storage and I just grab a handful and just get them down quick. <laughs> and then she joins me for the show and I'm sort of still chewing. And you're just like <laughs> crumbs all over your shirt. Well, she caught me once. She came down and there was like a pile next to me and I just looked like a a chip fiend. Anyway, I will awesome. write, my confession is that I definitely went behind her back to her. To snack. To snack. And uh, hey, feels good. Mm-hmm. Peter? My uh, confession is I was at a coffee shop, surprise, surprise, the, the other <laughs> night. Uh, Tim Hortons, of course. Yeah. yeah. That would be true. a confession. Yeah, that would be a, oh, that would, yeah. But anyway, so I was at this coffee shop and it was, there was a lot of people there and I was sitting next to um, this uh, couple talking to this individual and I realized a couple minutes into their conversation uh, that it was a total pyramid scheme that was happening. Uh, so like one, I was listening where I probably shouldn't eavesdrop on conversations, but I was, yeah, I was close enough. It was hard to avoid that. I Peter never, was keeping me up to date, by the way, via text. Yeah, yeah. I was so. texting Graham the entire time because I'm like, they're having a pyramid scheme like yeah. conversation. Like they're totally trying to trick this individual. And like, do I step in? Do I do something? Do I like... I like, hope your confession is that you signed up for the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, actually... I was so convinced. Actually, when that couple was done and they were leaving the coffee shop, I ran after them. Like, I want to be a part of Amway. Uh, but... <laughs> If you're it's, involved in Amway, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and it probably wasn't the pyramid scheme in question. No. It's, yeah, so it was, yeah, it was just one of those situations where I'm like, should I have said something? Because it it was an uncomfortable situation where there was like a power dynamic that was happening mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, it was it was just really like, when do you step in? So I guess my confession is I was eavesdropping and then I just... Turned out to be a bit of a coward and not step into it. So, yeah, yeah. I'm it's sure. I'm sure the pitch didn't work, and you're probably okay. I'm sure they're fine. Yeah, I hope it didn't. Like, I hope that person isn't gonna sell their home and yeah, hmm. yeah, go after that million dollars they were promised. Well, I was hoping we'd have Amway as our sponsor for the next <laughs> ten episodes, but not anymore. I guess not anymore. Can they afford it? <laughs> All right, my uh, my confession is kind of two twofold. One is that I'm binge watching Corner Gas. Whoa! Which is a, I think it's a good show. It's kind of like I actually recommend it as a if you haven't seen it, it's not a bad show. But 
um, which was made in the early 2000s. It's a Canadian sitcom. And I was watching it the other night. I'm introducing my wife to it because she, she never really saw it. And we were watching it the other night, and there's a, there's an older character in his 60s, and he misinterprets someone's com, uh, compliments as, like, that he has a crush. Like, he thinks that she, she has a crush on him. So he goes home, tells his wife, and he says, um, just so you know, Emma, like, don't worry, but, like, there's someone in, in the town who has a crush on me. And Emma, his, his wife, is like, oh, is Helen Keller back in town? <laughs> and, okay. like, so we, the, my confession is that I laughed pretty hard at that joke. Right. And it's, I, but, like, it's, <laughs> it's not. That's hilarious. That's, yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious? Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, ouch. <laughs> like, it's, I don't know. It, it doesn't really hold up, I guess. Um, but my confession is that I still found it funny. I don't think I would make it. I think that's a decent, that's an okay joke. No, it's it's more making fun of her husband. Yeah, that like right. in order for Somebody someone to have a crush on right. him, she'd have, have to, to be, be blind. Be blind. Helen Keller's not the subject of the joke. Right, but could you get away with that joke now? I don't know. Anyways, we should have talked HBO about that earlier on in the episode, but. Maybe more my confession is that I'm watching, I'm binge watching. (laughs) Corner (laughs) gas. Like corner gas. Yeah. But anyways. I wonder if any of our listeners watch shows now on Netflix that are older and they notice jokes that they know would not hold up today. Yeah. I know there's some early Office episodes that definitely, you know, would not. The basketball basketball episode of The Office. Yeah, or the sexual harassment one is really, yeah. Gay witch hunt. Good. <laughs> good episode. That's good. I basically spend my Netflix subscription on The Office. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Doesn't it feel good to get that off your chest? It does. Every time. Light as a feather. Mm-hmm. Feel good. Gonna sleep with a clear conscience. Well, if you stuck with us for this long, thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we love you. Not we only because you. this was a long episode. It was long. Right. Yeah. Um, we will come back with episode 21 um, in this new decade of episodes. Um, please send your ideas for shows. We would love to hear from you. And we will probably do some following up uh, from earlier episodes. Any closing thoughts, you guys? Well, I did see Peter at Tim Hortons the other day. <laughs> yeah? This is not even a joke. You saw him? I saw him there. No. Not like... It was, I was there totally separate from him. I saw him there meeting with people at Tim Hortons. Drinking a coffee. No, when, when was this? I'm trying to. Are you serious? I'm totally serious. hundred percent serious. I don't think you are. (laughs) You don't remember this? You're. Oh man. Wait, I should have taken a picture. It's going to be on our He's in denial. He's in denial. I I am. I I am in denial. Episode 21, Tim Hortons. (laughs) Yeah. We need to talk about Tim Hortons. This is true. They're putting out a Timbit cereal. Did you see that? Yeah. Did not see that. <laughs> it's gross. It sounds disgusting. My kids want to try it. Yeah. I wonder if it's gluten-free. Yeah. That's <laughs> decidedly not. It's gluten-full. All right. Well, thanks, guys. That was fun. Thank you for hosting, Tyler, in your home. Yeah, your no wonderful problem. home here. Next thanks. time? Yeah. Closing thoughts? Uh, I have none. <laughs> I was trying to think of some, and I still don't have any. I saw Peter at Tim Hortons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and scene. <laughs>